Are you wondering how to use your love of writing to glorify God and bless others, but you aren't really sure where to start? Or maybe you've been writing for a while, but now you want to start putting that work out into the world for others to read. If so, you are not alone and you are in the right place. My name is Amy Simon, and this is the Purposeful Pen Podcast, where we uncover how to build a writing life that brings joy to us, glory to God, and benefits others. Hello, and welcome to the Purposeful Pen. So this week, we are talking about setting aside time for writing. Now, full disclosure, as I was working on writing this episode, I was honestly struck by the irony of how much I was procrastinating writing about not procrastinating about writing. So (laughs) before we talk about any tips and suggestions for prioritizing your writing, please know that you are not alone if you struggle with this. It doesn't mean that you're not really a writer. It just means that you're human and writing is hard. For me, I find administrative tasks rewarding and fun, whether it's responding to someone's question, deciding which type of swag to order for the church women's retreat, or answering emails. I love being able to check off the boxes and knock out that to-do list. It just gives me a sense of accomplishment. Writing, on the other hand, doesn't scratch that itch in the same way, at least not at first. Writing takes more time for me to get into what I'm doing. Once I get into the groove, then I'm on a roll and it's really rewarding, but it definitely takes more time and effort to get there. Writing also tends to be more abstract, where folding the laundry and emptying the dishwasher are pretty cut and dry, black and white. I know when I'm done. There's no wondering if it's good enough, it's just finished. Writing is so much more subjective. Is it done? Is it good enough? Should I have said this differently, added this point, changed this illustration? It also takes much more brain energy. Writing is wrestling with topics and concepts. Do I understand this correctly? Am I being clear? What does God really want me to say about this? It's so much easier to check email or surf social media. So all that to say, you're not alone. You're not a failure as a writer. We just need to recognize what we're up against and find ways to work with ourselves. So what is it for you? What is your go-to distraction from writing? If we understand why we have a hard time prioritizing our writing, that's a great first step to overcoming that resistance. So here are some things that I have done that have worked for me. And some of them are things that I really need to lean into myself a lot more because I know they will work if I simply apply the discipline and do them. So tip number one, break up your writing process into steps. So this is a trick I adapted from life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I have always been one to meal plan and grocery shop each week. During the lockdowns, going to the grocery store just felt really overwhelming. So I split up the tasks and assigned them to a particular day. So on Wednesdays, I'd plan the meals for the coming week. That's it, nothing more. On Thursdays, I'd take that meal plan and add the ingredients to my shopping list, sorting them by store and category to make shopping easier. Then on Fridays, I would do the actual shopping. It just made the whole process less overwhelming. And even after the pandemic, the system has really stuck. I have applied the same thing to my writing. 
The first step of my writing process is usually to journal about the topic. That helps me figure out what I want to say. I assign that part of the writing process to a day. I don't need to do anything else on it that day except for journaling. Then the next day, I write the first draft. Nothing else. The following day, I edit the draft. Then I'll sometimes have a fellow writing friend take a look at it and give me feedback. Then editing the final draft, followed by whatever other elements are involved, like finding a photo and posting it. If I know that on a given day, all I need to do is the one task assigned to that day for writing, it makes the whole thing less overwhelming. Plus, it allows for valuable time between those tasks to kind of mull things over. All right, tip number two. Don't wait to write until everything else is done. I am so 100% guilty of this. I tend to do all the other things on my to-do list and then write when everything else is done, if that point actually comes, which sometimes it doesn't on a given day. Writing doesn't feel as pressing as doing the laundry, making the phone call, or doing the grocery shopping. And in some ways it isn't. Those tasks are important and need to be done. Writing shouldn't take over our regular life responsibilities. However, the other things on the to-do list will still get done, even if you don't do them first. I was watching a video about productivity and time usage recently that mentioned how we tend to, quote, front load our day with easier administrative tasks. Instead of doing all of the quick gratifying things first, what if we were to try writing first? Then you can reward yourself by knocking off the easy stuff. Or set aside a specific time to write that you stick to, even if everything else isn't done yet. Tip number three, a timer is your friend. I participated in NaNoWriMo a few years ago. It stands for National Novel Writing Month. The goal is to write a 50,000 word novel in the 30 days of November. That's 1,667 words per day, every single day for 30 days. It's really hard. Um, But one of the things that I learned during that time was to use a timer. I'd set the timer for 20 to 30 minutes and do writing sprints to see how many words I could crank out in that time. A timer has a way of focusing us. I can't get up and get a snack because the timer's ticking. I can't scroll social media because the timer's ticking. Setting a timer doesn't mean it has to be a race or that we need to just crank out as many words as possible. It just means we need to stay focused. Tip number four. You are not being selfish by investing time in your gift of writing. Sometimes we hesitate to invest time in our writing because it feels selfish or we feel like we're neglecting other things. Now, we don't want to neglect other important things, but usually this is more of a mindset issue than an actual problem. We fear taking up space, taking time for something that's important to us. Moms seem to struggle with this most often. We don't want to neglect our kids or our spouse, and that's right, obviously we shouldn't, but I bet you can find ways and times to invest in your writing without ditching anybody. It could mean asking your husband to do something special with the kids once a week so you can write, or taking time when the toddlers nap to write, or maybe trading babysitting with another mom. There are a lot of options if we're willing to be creative. And finally, tip number five, 
know how long or short your writing on-ramp is. Everyone writes differently. One of the things I've noticed when I've coached or talked with other writers is that there's a difference between how long our writing on-ramps are. Here's what I mean by that. If being in the writing groove is a highway, how long is the on-ramp that you need to get onto that highway? Some people can go from talking to a friend on the phone to writing productively in a very short period of time. They switch mental gears easily. So they have a short on-ramp. Others need to take time to get into the groove and mentally prepare themselves to write. They can't go from babysitting their toddler grandson to writing a blog post without a lot of transition time. They have a longer on-ramp. Neither one is right or wrong. And I suspect that those who transition easily and quickly can also be easily distracted and get off track. They might have a harder time staying focused for long periods of time. But those with long on-ramps likely tend to stay focused for a longer period of time once they get there. So first, take a look at yourself and decide which category you think you fall into. It's probably useless to try to change it. It's just the way you're wired. You just need to learn to work with it. If you have a short on-ramp, you can structure your day so you can write in smaller chunks in between other activities. Keep writing material with you when you're in the school pickup line, at the grocery store, or the doctor's office waiting room. Use that short on-ramp to your advantage. But if you need to do deeper work, plan some time when you're uninterrupted to do things that require more time and focus. If you have a long on-ramp, that's okay. It can help you to identify portions of your writing process that don't take as much time to transition into. Do as much prep as you can before you have an opportunity to have that uninterrupted stretch of time so that when you get there, you know exactly how you're going to spend that time. Can you plan ahead of time what you're gonna write about? Maybe brainstorm topics or do online research? What aspects of your writing process can you fit into the cracks of time you have during the day that can smooth the way for you when you do have opportunity to write for a longer stretch? Then try to schedule those stretches of time to write, even if it needs to happen less frequently. So how about you? Do you struggle with setting aside time to write? Which tips work for you? As I said in the beginning, you are not alone. One of the things I work on with my coaching clients is taking a look at how they're wired and what their lives look like in this season and help them to create a plan to invest in their writing that works for them. If you think that would help you, check out my website, amylynnsimon.com forward slash coaching for the different coaching packages available. You can also book a free discovery call so we can get to know each other and decide if coaching is the right fit for you. Those links are in the show notes. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Substack to take advantage of additional resources. Comment on the chat questions and see what others are saying as well. There are also journaling prompts you can download to further process the things we talk about in each week's episode. You can further support the podcast by liking it, commenting on it, and of course, sharing it with others.